0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, another podcast recap uh, episode from 579 up through 598. So, roughly the last four weeks of daily podcasts, except for Sunday. Thanks, sponsors Tops, Penny, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett communications all under 579 titled it strong hobby friendships with my panini friends because i do have friends at panini used to work for our company great guys and they had lost our good friend and colleague ben eckler quite suddenly and uh, i uh, wanted to connect with those guys about that as well as just what makes for such strong hobby friendships mainly among men who are in the trenches together so there's a lot of that in this hobby those were great guys and and ben is truly missed but we wanted to take a positive uh tone on just uh, reaching out and uh, being friendly. And we're all in this together and a team sport. Even if you collect by yourself, you're seeing a lot of the same people and, and we miss Ben. But uh, thanks guys for contributing your insights about uh, friendship in the hobby. 579A was the seven listener questions. Just keep them coming. Uh, don't get discouraged if I don't respond to them right away. I just accumulate a bunch And then that's why it's Title Seven Listener Questions. 3.0, that's for my reference, that the episodes aren't all titled the same. But again, thanks for your questions. Really appreciate them. Dr. James Beckett at gmail.com. 579B was the uh, Instagram questions. It was a whole bunch of questions, but they really dovetailed into conflicts of interest. What's going on is that there are influencers in the industry, of which certainly I was one, our company was one. If you're an influencer in the industry, in the hobby, transparency may not be it. If you're active in the market... And uh, and then you're telling people, even though that's fully transparent, it may still be a conflict because you could be moving the market. So transparency may not be enough and uh, each entity needs to have their own policies. We certainly had ours, but it, it's teach each their own. You just need to patronize who you want to patronize and listen to who you want to listen to. And if you had a, a multitude of voices you're listening to, hopefully you can sift through and figure out what's right for you, not just because one person said to do it. 580 was the recap, 581, Brad Bethune was, I think he was over here that time. I just have Rich and others over here sometimes were we're having my cards and we can sort cards, look at cards and talk about cards. But Brad had accumulated a bunch of questions for Rich and me. So that's one of the few times of questions for uh, Rich and me. And uh, Rich and I can tag team that. And Brad was uh, all in fun. It was a good time. 582 was my interview with uh, Blake Grice, Blake Down, his podcast, uh, YouTube channel, amazing young man, nine and a half years old, all things Tops Project 70, the mix of the art and the car. enjoyed talking to him. Again, that was uh, fun to be going back and forth with a a nine-and-a-half-year-old. I was impressed and uh, certainly enjoyed getting to know Blake a little bit. 583 was uh, Outtake's from John Keating's actual show, he's, it's that '70s card show which he does a lot. It's just really about the '70s, so listen to his show to get the whole thing. But this was just part of it that I thought would be interesting because he has a way of questioning or the dialogue about the '70s, uh, going deep. Uh, that that's fun. '70s were a great decade for me. Five eighty four was the Dueling Questions, my third stint with uh, Steve Grad Pondstar's Star's fame, as well as lead authenticator at Beckett Authenticated. He's insightful. We had. Uh, uh, separate paths in the hobby. In one sense, I'm older than he is, and he was affiliated with other companies before he came under the Beckett umbrella, but I was a very serious autograph collector back in the 70s. Gave it up when I got into price guides, but I was buying autograph collections and I wasn't necessarily authenticated. I had an eye, at least at some level, to see if something was obviously bad, but bought a lot of collections and collected. And I, I love getting autographed rookie cards. I, was I decades out of my time? I don't know. I just think it's a, an appealing thing to do. Thanks, Steve, for your insightful questions. 585 was the dollar box episode with just looking at football. And I, I've told people I don't do a lot of basketball dollar box because it's just mostly shiny stuff that I don't do it that way. So I'm mainly looking for a little bit older, where there's more of an established market than this year's cards or last year's cards or a couple of years ago. I approach basketball a little different way. But football and baseball, football is actually more fun for me because, again, just another insight here, is that when I go through the baseball dollar boxes, it's just there's a lot of failed prospect bow and chrome tops. It's not like some of them aren't decent perhaps for a dollar, but you've got to sift through a lot. Whereas football, you're going to see a mix of players. There's so many in there that I only got through four letters in my 15 minute limit. Thank you all you dollar box uh, dealers. It provide a lot of enjoyment for me and many others who like to dig in there. And again, I like I said, I'm disclosing now. I'm so into football that I can only uh, deal with four letters and I'll keep going if you want me to. 586 was uh, another episode with John Keating, but this was him asking me questions. We did that before, a few months ago, and it was a lot of fun. He just asked me questions that uh, other people don't, but this was my show, and uh, so not outtakes from his. And uh, again, he's a baseball guy, so I, I was to the 70s. As I said, we're a great, great decade. 587 were the outtakes on the uh, Cloud 259 podcast. Bren Jones does. It's on track and field but uh, he's a collector. He said, hey, I'd like to interview you actually. And I said, well, I'll do that if you'll let me simulcast or record as well. So we went his, and then I broke it up. Actually, you can see I broke it up into two episodes, but he's saying, why why not track cards? And I'm saying, I agree. Why not? There's not as much of a team orientation. There's a very strong national orientation of what country more so than what team they run on or whatever. That was enjoyable to draw parallels between what's going on with track and track cards. A 588 was the basketball dueling questions with Kyle from the Wax Museum. When I get into a conversation with Kyle, I'm, I'm trying to figure out this inside joke, but I'm trying to figure out who's the teacher and who's the student. I, mean, I think Kyle is absolutely a teacher and sometimes i'm a teacher too but i think he loves to learn i love to learn probably took turns being teacher and student as we batted around our basketball dueling questions 589 was the outtakes from hobby hotline back in early uh, uh, october 9th again in in, in all these outtake episodes you just go to the original episode Uh, i'm not uh, editing to twist anything i'm just uh, abridging uh, to what I think would be important for me to build the records. Part of that, we we took off in that particular hobby hotline. There was a question about at that point in time, what would happen with potential uh, vaccine being available for kids? Is that going to be a positive or a negative? Well, I'm, I'm hard pressed to see how it's a negative, uh, but I don't think kids are the primary group that are being uh, affected by COVID, which I hope is playing out this point. That's certainly my hope and my prayer. But uh, whether it is or isn't, it's nice to know the kids have some natural immunity. And there's uh, scientists who believe that natural immunity will be enhanced by the uh, vaccine, I guess, at an appropriate dosage. 590 uh, was a fascinating episode. First time we really have had a chance to do this, but Rich told me he'd gotten some information from Mike Kramer, straight from the horse's mouth of the, the founder of Pacific Trading Cards. He had some spreadsheets from several years, and we pulled out three that we could go over and, and do in an episode on the 98 Pacific baseball products. There was Pacific, Omega, and Paramount. So the three different sets Uh, I was shocked they were similar in their quantity produced. I think it's smaller than a lot of these, and you don't see a ton of those out there. Again, Pacific was not the most heavily marketed uh, brand but they had their own printing press. We'll do another episode because we've also got some football data and some hockey data, and we'll do them. When we do those, you may want to refer back to episode 590 to see that Pacific was doing 15 million baseball cards per brand. That's just not very much. 591 was the episode of the Rich, just a whimsical free is not always free, motivated by several things. Some of the cards that I have that are free now, I bought in dollar boxes, just So they just, and they I made a poor choice. I bought something that really, I overestimated the demand, can't sell it, So, it's almost going to be free or near free when I'm discarding something, even if I paid more for it. But I'm trying to have episodes that don't all deal with the high end of the hobby. This is probably more toward the low end of the hobby, obviously, free or close to free. We're talking about cards for kids. We're talking about Rich's donations for his synagogue show, all that. But free is not always free. And we unpack that in a lot of ways. And again, thanks, Rich, for finishing my sentences sometimes or allowing me to interrupt you or to amplify something that we both have experienced and enjoyed. Uh, 592 was the outtakes on track cards, more from Bren Jones. One of the things I threw at him is that when we were hiring people, or the conventional wisdom when you're hiring people for jobs for a grader. If I was going to hire a grader, if they were a marathoner or a distance runner or a, or a hurdler, to me, that's better than a sprinter. It's somebody that understands the grind of the training and the long races and the grueling races. As I've said, to find a grader who can grade for an hour or two and do a great job. There may be a lot of those out there, but somebody that can grade every day for eight hours with a, an occasional break. Again, that's just a, a special skill. And to me, it's akin to some of these intense track uh, marathon, maybe even ultra marathoners, Ironman kinds of things. 593 was the outtakes on investment grade from Mike Moynihan actually went over to his house. He was a great host. He's got the beast over there. I got a chance to uh, see the beast up close and have some drawers pulled out. We went through some cards and the question came, well, what, what is investment grade? And he was trying to come up with a number and you just have to listen to the episode. I don't know if that's both on his Baseball Collector YouTube channel and Golden Age podcast, but those are the uh, platforms that he uses. But I was pushing back that investment grade is not necessarily a number. He showed me a 1.5 that I thought looked really good. And then he showed me a one that looked really good. Is that investment grade? I think it is. It, it, they were high end cards that were tough to find. And you're not going to find tens of what he was talking about. You're hardly going to find a nine. And so whether it's a five, six, seven, Four, three, two, one. If it presents pretty well. So he's all about that. And uh, I encourage you to uh, follow him and listen to that episode if you're interested in that. 594 was the dueling questions with Jacob Burris, another precocious 13 year. He's got sports card second, his own channel and uh, I was on his, again, another kind of a simulcast. I said, if I'm going to be on yours and you're going to be on mine, why don't we just do dueling questions and you can use that and put in your intro and I'll do the same. And so again, very sharp young man. If there's uh, a bunch more uh, Jacobs out there and uh, Brodies, then the hobby will be in good hands in a few decades, even now. Uh, 595, Disincentive to Sell, Jason Granite, Wall Street guy. His issue was, when you're producing these cards, they're to be sold <laughs> and not to be sold and put away, but they're to be, you know, fully integrated into the market and not just stored unopened to uh, sell later. It gets tricky on what the demand is. If the companies produce a bunch of cards and they don't all get opened and put into the marketplace, like I've said, if it's 10 percent, no problem. But in some cases, it may be more. And that could came back and bit people in the late 80s, early 90s. 596 was sports card hobby vaults with Rich. I'd been thinking about this for a long time. I said, Rich, let's talk about vaults. If we do the broadest definition possible of a vault, there are many vaults out there. There's many vaults, and I have more than one vault. In a sense, I have a vault of my cards at Com C. They're mine. I can look at them digitally. They're not the highest-end cards, but they're cards that that are still mine, and they're uh, safely protected there. I have cards at the bank in a bank vault. Again, it's across town. It's more than one place, but I I can go visit my cards that way. But uh, we're just talking about the psychology of vaults. I think vaults are here to stay, and uh, a vault that has a a multi-business purpose. It could wind up saving you insurance. And if it's an avenue for having a platform for a fixed price sale or, or easily putting into auction, I think that's an idea that uh, makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. Five ninety seven now takes on top tier quarterbacks, motivated by a question on hobby outline. This is about Dak, and I said I, I think Dak is not in the, the top tier quarterback. He's in the second tier. Then the next thing, Dak is injured. I don't think he's extremely injured. But when he was out, the Cowboys won without him. Okay, That's not a compliment. That It's a compliment to the Cowboys. But Dak is an important part of the Cowboys. But they were able to win without him with Cooper Rush. Finally, 598, the private e- equity inquiry. I've always wondered about this. This is like you hear one half of the conversation because the other half of the conversation was deleted. I wanted this to be an anonymous inquiry from... Uh, a couple of sharp guys, you're only hearing half the conversation and you're not hearing the questions. So you've got to imagine what the question is. It jumps around a little bit, but uh, I try to be helpful. But uh, I thought some of that thought process might be uh, enjoyable to some of you. So that's it for these uh, last 20 episodes. Thanks everybody for listening. I'll be back again tomorrow with another episode.